This is Warrior Podcast, changing the world by introducing warriors to the warrior God. I'm your host, Elizabeth Andrade, here with Connor Shanahan on the line. We're going to talk today a little bit about a very pressing question. I know that this question has burdened me for many years. We're going to be talking today about God's will. I know that can be a question that just brings anxiety into into the hearts of many when we think about what is God's will for my life? How do I figure that out? I don't know. Maybe you felt that way sometime in your life, Connor. It is. It is. It's a pressing topic. It's a weighty one. It's one that often stresses Christians out, uh, in my experience, at least, when we start talking about God's will. And so often we feel the burden and the pressure and the stress of trying to figure out God's grand plan for our lives. So this episode will be the shortest one we ever do on Warrior Podcast. It'll be a minute long because here's all you need to know about finding God's will for your life. This might be specific advice, but but I need you to just hear me. Hear me clearly. If you are ever at a college campus, specifically at a Christian university, and someone comes up to you and says, God told me his will for my life, and it's to marry you. You need to run away. And that's all you ever need to know about finding God's will for your life. That's it? That's it. It's that simple. Yep. If someone ever tells you on a, on a Christian college campus <laughs> that uh, God told me that we're going to get married, you just need to run away. And that's all you need to know. This has been Warrior Podcast with Connor and Elizabeth. <laughs> Have a good one. Well, I didn't know it was that simple. Yeah, it might not actually be that simple, but I think that probably has to be said in the conversation of discussing what's got, what God's will for your life is. <laughs> but I'm sure that you, Elizabeth, have a more scholarly answer for us since you are, in fact, a theologian. <laughs> well, the thing that comes to my mind is uh, a time in my life that I spent waiting on... At the time, it felt like waiting for my life to start. I had, I had married my husband and we were living in Brazil uh, for some time, about a year and a half. And during that time, I didn't speak the language very well. I was just alone. And in America before that, I pretty much was going to school. I was working towards my goals. I was busy all the time. And then straight transition into nothing. I was just sitting at home doing nothing. And my husband was working and I was alone. And that time in my life, I just felt like I was wasting it while I was waiting. Um, But I had some of the sweetest moments with, with God during those times. And it was during that time that I realized that that time of my life where I was waiting was actually me building a relationship with God that I wouldn't have had otherwise because I had kept myself so busy. So because thankfully I consider it a blessing, I had that time to just grow near to the Lord and to learn more about the scriptures and just who God is. I can say that that time of my life of waiting wasn't a waste. It was actually a time that I needed to have in order to grow. That's so good. Yeah, that's so good and so well said. And obviously we appreciate you sharing part of that difficult season of life. But I think that that's so critical for this conversation because so often when we start thinking about God's will, when we start talking about God's will, we think of these grand plans, right? right. Especially especially us younger Christians, us millennials and, and the Gen Z below us. Like we start thinking about changing the world and you know where we're going to go to college and this perfect dream job and then what we're going to do after that dream job. And we start planning all these grand things. And yet... I think way more often than not, God's will, God's purpose is revealed to us in those difficult seasons, in those seasons of waiting, in seasons that might be considered boring by some, because I think that often God's will and his purpose for us is revealed in the day to day. You know, we'll we'll dive into the scriptures and see what the scriptures would say. But spoiler alert, this is what they're going to say, that God simply wants you to be more like him. 
God wants you to love him more. And and that happens. Loving God more, becoming more like God happens on a day to day basis. It happens it, it happens through your habits. And it's not something that's accomplished through grandiose decision-making that we typically think of sometimes when we think of God's will. Well, Connor, that was a very eloquent way to put that. And I really like the way you said that. And I think the Bible even says it even more simply. I think it's just one sentence. It is. It's one simple sentence. I got it right here. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse three. I'll read it for you, warrior. It's really simple. Stay with me. For this is God's will, your sanctification. Boom. That's it. That's it. So when people stress, when we we place these burdens on ourselves, trying to figure out God's will, and the scriptures actually make it very clear. This is the Apostle Paul, who we've talked about before on this podcast. He's kind of a big deal in our faith. And this is what he most simply writes. God's will for your life is your sanctification. Now, Elizabeth, since I just introduced a big word, but you're a theologian, could you take a stab at defining sanctification for us? Can you break that down for the listener? Well, if I were to say what I think sanctification is, I think that is becoming more Christ-like. Beautiful. Perfect. Yeah, becoming more Christ-like, becoming more like God. So from the moment that you are saved as a Christian, your future, your destiny from that moment forward is to become more like God. Until one day, as we discussed on this podcast as well, in heaven, we will all be glorified. We will all be given a new body as we live in the new heavens and new earth with God, where we will no longer be able to sin. And so the whole point of our lives is to simply grow closer and closer to that end game, that end goal of of living with Christ in a perfect paradise forever. And would you say that we do that here on earth through just growing our relationship with God? Absolutely. Most simply, that's exactly what it looks like, is growing your relationship with God, learning more about God, falling deeper in love with God, learning to love God more. Through those things, knowing God and loving God, you become more like Him. What does it look like practically to grow your relationship with with God? That's a great question. And um, again, I think that we overcomplicate these questions about God's will. I I think it's simple. That doesn't necessarily make it easy, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that it's a relatively simple process. Because as we all think about relationships, what do you do if you want to grow in a relationship with somebody? Spend time with them. Perfect. Spend time with them. Talk to them. Learn more about them. These are these are things that, you know, if I'm trying to when I first met my wife back in high school, back in the day, and I felt that she was a, a very attractive young woman, um, I knew that I wanted a relationship with her. So what did I do? I spent time with her. I got to learn more about her, what she likes, what she doesn't like, how I can do things that she likes and how I can avoid doing things that she doesn't like, right? I spent a lot of time speaking to her, speaking with her, listening to her, learning to listen and hear what's on her heart. And I think all of these things we can do with the Lord as well. And so just most simply in a lot of those things, it's spending time in the scripture, reading the Bible for yourself every day, whether it's five minutes, whether it's a paragraph, whether you're a savage warrior theologian and you're getting after a Bible reading plan and going through the Bible in a year. Like I know you are, Elizabeth. Yeah, um, I'm, a, I'm a little behind, it, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's too easy. It's, that's a tough one. That's a tough endeavor. But, uh, but man, there's grace upon grace. 
Amen. <laughs> That's what it looks like most simply, I think, is spending time with God. And one of the easiest, most practical ways you can do that is spending time with His Word. What about you, Elizabeth? What are some of the ways that, that maybe you have been able to grow your relationship with the Lord or, or have this experience where you feel like you're, you're connecting with Him and, and growing closer to Him? I think for me, a lot of my struggle was that growing up in a Christian home, I think that there may have been on like that I placed on myself a lot of expectations that reading the Bible and praying was more like a to-do list kind of thing. So for example, if if I read the Bible for 10 minutes a day, then I was a good Christian. Or if I prayed for 10 minutes a day, then I was a good Christian. But I never, living that way, I never really got that close relationship with God because I was treating it more just like a I don't know, like a checklist or something that if I didn't do, then God was going to be angry with me. And so I think just kind of freeing myself of those fears and just really trying to understand what is, what can I learn more about God by reading the Bible? Genuinely being curious about the God that I'm serving, the God that I'm loving, instead of just treating it like a checklist. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. And I want to come back to that freedom piece but I want to circle, just highlight some of the things that you said, because that's, that's so good. And I think that so many people struggle with that, where they, you know, I've certainly struggled with that at points in my life as well, where I go through these spiritual disciplines is what we might call them, things and steps that we take to grow closer to God, such as reading the scriptures and praying. I should have mentioned praying when I was talking about the relationship piece, right, of trying to learn more about somebody, speaking with somebody, listening to them, that comes through prayer. So I think, I think that, probably needs to be said in this God's will conversation, right? That what it looks like to grow closer to the Lord is is to pray, to grow in our prayer life. But two things quickly that I just wanted to point out as to what you said, because I think that's so transformative for us. Number one, you said the phrase good Christian. And that's something that I hear a lot of people say, but that's not real, right? That's not real. What, what does that mean? Good Christian. The word Christian means follower of Christ. And so if you are a follower of Christ, if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then what the scripture says is that God then sees Christ in you. So you are at that moment where you say, Jesus, I believe in you at that moment where the Spirit of God seals your heart for salvation. Christ became God's righteousness on your behalf, right? Jesus Christ died on the cross to take your mess and he gives us his righteousness so that we could be counted as holy and pure in the eyes of the Father so that we can have life abundant now and eternal then, <laughs> eternal forever. But in that, like we like there is there is no such thing as a good Christian or a bad Christian. We're, we're, we're Christians. We're followers of Christ. And God sees us as his righteous children, be, not because of what we do, not because of our works. Not because of how many times we mess up or don't mess up on the Bible reading plan, but because of what Christ has accomplished on our behalf. And that's scandalous. We don't like that, right? Everything in us wants to say, well, yeah, but it's still a good idea to read your Bible. Of course I agree with that. But reading your Bible doesn't give you any better standing before God. Your salvation isn't based on your performance. Your salvation is based on the grace of Jesus. Exactly. I mean, think about the bar, the standard, right? If we're talking about a holy triune God, there's no amount of good deeds that we could do to earn our way to be approved or accepted or even in the same ballpark as the holy triune God set apart from all of creation. There's no amount of deeds. There's no amount of works that we can do to earn goodness, to earn um, divine, holy goodness. There's nothing we could do to earn eternal life. Only because of what Christ has accomplished on our behalf are we counted as worthy. So because of Christ, I am worthy. Because of Christ, I am loved. Because of Christ, I don't have to, I don't have to bear the weight of shame because Christ frees me from that. 
So I just wanted, I mean, that might be a little bit unrelated to our conversation, but I, it applies somehow. And I think it's worth saying that there's no such thing as a good Christian, no such thing as a bad Christian. Then the second piece of that is something that, that you and I have talked about at length is this idea of invitation, right? This idea that, that the triune God invites us to participate in his kingdom. The triune God invites us to participate in his family. And so while there's no such thing as a good or bad Christian, because we're all counted worthy because of the blood of Jesus Christ, because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, beyond that, as we enter into relationship with the living God, he certainly invites us to work. He invites us into his family. So he invites us to be known. He invites us to be seen. He invites us into relationship to where we can do these things, such as reading the word, such as praying, to get to know him better and to grow in relationship more. Um, and then he also invites us into his kingdom to participate in his His kingdom work to make all things right in the world. We know that this world is messy. We know that this world is broken inherently. We know that because we feel the effects of it. And God is inviting us to participate in his grand redemptive plan to make all things right. And so that's when mission comes into play. That's when getting involved in your local church comes to play. That's when you're seeing your vocation as a ministry, because it is, comes into play, because the triune God is inviting you to participate. So in other words, what I hear you saying is that as long as we're serving God and loving God with all of our hearts, and that's the desire of our heart, then there's nothing really that we can do wrong with our lives. Yeah, bingo. Exactly. And I think that's Paul's point in First Thessalonians 4, verse 3, that God's will for our life, for your life, for my life, is sanctification. If we love Jesus, and if we are loved by Jesus, and if we are accepting the invitation of God to know Him more, to love Him more, uh, and if that love leads us to love our neighbor more, which it does— and if that love of neighbor leads us to serve our neighbor more, and it does, that's God's will for our life. Whatever career path that may look like, or whatever city that may be in. Absolutely, that's that's a that's a crucial point. And so maybe let me let me share uh, just a brief story to to highlight that point. That because what we're saying here might sound simple, right? What we're saying here might sound scandalous. That you know we're we're talking about God's will as if it's a simple thing, because I think it is. So I think that so often we think about God's will like. Like a, like a dot on a map, right? Like I have to go to this college and get this degree, get this major and then get this job and then move to this city and then marry this person, my soulmate, the person who will complete me forever and have 2.5 children and marry the, and live in this house or whatever. And like, it's this very robotic scripted, you know, thing that we perceive to be God's specific will for our life. When in reality, I think that God's will is not a dot on a map. I think it's more like a circle. Okay, so stay with me. If this is if this sounds silly, stay with me. I think that if you think of God's will as a circle, that boundary of the circle consists of that which God's word says. So within God's word, there's there's invitations, right, to love God, to know God, to avoid certain things, and to press into certain things like your local church community, like reading the word, like praying. And so within those boundaries, it, it, within that boundary, if you're doing those things, if you're loving Jesus, if you're involved in your church, if you're reading the word, if you're praying. You can choose to do whatever you want within that circle. You are free to choose. And, and our God, who is such a loving father, right? Like, like think about that paradigm of a dot versus a circle through the lens of a father. What good and loving father tells their child, hey, you have to go to this college. You have to get a 3.2 GPA. You have to have this major. Then you have to meet this person. And then you have to move to this city and you have to do this job for this year, this many years, right? 
No, our, our, a good, loving father equips their child, gives them, you know, shapes their desires, molds their desires, and sends them off to accomplish what they want to do. And in the same way, our God gives us desires. He He created us with with certain gifts, unique gifts that He's inviting us to use for His kingdom. And so, within that boundary, which is literally just the word of God within that boundary of a relationship with Jesus, you are free to choose whatever you want to, to illustrate this point, hopefully of, of freedom, the freedom that we have to choose. I think of like, you know, when I was in high school, I had no idea where I wanted to go to college. And there was this one college that I had heard of through a summer camp and it was the only college I applied to. I got in and I went and I had a great time. I had a phenomenal experience. I learned so much, but if I could go back in time, I, there's no way I would go to that college. Like if I knew everything I knew now, I would pick a different school and I wouldn't go near that school that I went to with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> and I say that, you know, as a joke to say, there's so much freedom. You don't have to pick the perfect school. You don't have to pick the perfect major. You don't have to pick the perfect job or the perfect city or the perfect spouse. Even like none of us are perfect. I'm not a perfect spouse, certainly. And I think that there's just so much freedom in our choices that if you are striving to know Jesus, striving to love Jesus, you are free to choose really anything that's within the confines and, and boundaries of, of God's word. And God will use that. God will grow you. God will stretch you. Just like to go back to your to the story that you opened this podcast with, even in a season that seemed difficult, even in a season that seemed like, like it was a season of waiting, um, often those seasons are seasons of preparation because God is doing the work in you that you just might not be aware of in the moment. Yeah, it ended it ended up being one of the best times of my life because I, I know I wouldn't be the person and I, I know I wouldn't have the relationship that I have with God today if it wasn't for those times. And that's amazing, right? That's amazing. And, and how good and gracious of God to take a quote unquote, you know, difficult decision and a difficult season to use that to be something that you look back on as a catalyst for your relationship with him. And in the same way, I look back on my, you know, on the school that I attended, even though I wouldn't attend that school again, per se, <laughs> but I still learned so much there. I still was shaped and formed and made into a, a man who loves Jesus because of the experiences that I had at that school. So God is able to minister to you. God is able to reveal himself to you, no matter what you choose, no matter what your job or your school or your city or your spouse the invitation of God is to see him at work in those things and to trust him that he is going to accomplish a great work in and through you, regardless of what you choose within the boundary, the boundary of his word, which is his will. So last, last note on this, I think that a lot of warriors out there, a lot of um, active duty military personnel struggle with taking that next step. You know, if you're facing your ETS, your end of service time and, um, you are unsure of exactly what to step into. I think some simple things would be to some simple things to consider in this conversation, right? As we've tried to oversimplify, but not really simplify God's will, because I think it is rather simple. I think God simply wants you to know him and love him and follow him wherever he leads you. But in that, in that military context, that can be difficult and it can be scary to step out of something that you know well and to step into something of an unknown. So in that space, I think the invitation of God would be to consider how he has created you, how he has shaped you. What do you desire? What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Some people are drawn to specific places, right? Like, like I'm from the Northeast and I have a heart for the Northeast. Some people are from California and they have a heart for California or the West Coast. 
Um, some people are from Texas. Come on, somebody. And they can't imagine living anywhere other than, than God's promised land, the holy land of Texas, USA. I couldn't. <laughs> I, exactly. And so I think that God places some of those desires on our hearts. So consider your desires. Consider the way that God has wired you. I think I think some other practical things to consider for the warrior in this space, that probably applies to anybody. Seek mentorship. Seek people who have been there before. If you're looking at going to college and if you have a certain degree in mind and if you have something of an end goal in mind as to where you want to be, try to pick some people's brains. Try to reach out to people who maybe have been in that career field or who have gone through a, a degree program such as the one that you're considering. I think mentorship is is a great thing to consider, especially godly mentorship in this conversation. People who can pray for you and with you and help you see where the Lord might be leading and in community would probably just be that last piece that that I would emphasize. And and I think that God's design and invitation is for us to find community and family and belonging to a kingdom within the local church. So if you're doing those things, if, if you're seeking the Lord in his word, if you're praying and you really are, I know it sounds scandalous, but you really are free to choose to do whatever you want within that boundary of God's word, which is his will. The spirit will lead you and God will work in and through you, regardless of where you end up or regardless of what you choose. Thank you for listening to us. If you want to trust in Christ, or if you want to learn more about making Him the authority over your life, or if you want to learn more about us, send us a message on our Instagram at WGMHQ. That's WGMHQ. We will make sure that someone gets in touch with you. This has been Warrior Podcast with Connor Shanahan. Warrior God Ministries mission is to change the world by making disciples among military members and first responders and equipping them to be disciple makers and missionaries in their respective communities for the glory of Jesus Christ. <laughs>